Good morning, friends. Welcome to Stony Brook Church. It is so good to be in worship with you this morning. The energy is like contagious and good and exciting. I was out in the narthex with Pastor David not even paying attention to the clock because we were having so much fun talking and I know that you're experiencing the same thing. So we are so glad that you are here in worship with us today. Whether you are in our sanctuary or online, it is good to be together worshiping our Lord. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our senior pastor and our preacher of the day, Pastor uh, David Hoffman, along with our pastor emeritus, uh, Pastor Bob Thomas. For many years, Stony Brook has partnered with uh, other area churches and Grin to provide meals for any Gahanna Jefferson resident who was in need of lunches throughout the summer. And this year, Stony Brook is going to be the one doing the sponsoring of the meals for the week that we've signed up to help serve, which happens to start tomorrow and will last throughout the week. We will be serving lunches at three different elementary schools. And we are looking for your help in this uh, way that we are serving our community. This year, we are asking that our congregation prayerfully consider how you might be able to financially support this ministry by sponsoring an individual for the week. It is $15 to uh, pay for the meals for one individual for the entire week. So if you are feeling called to support uh, this important feeding ministry of Stony Brook Church in this way, uh, you can note it on your check. Just put on the memo line, um, summer lunches, or you can give online at stonybrook.church give. You'll find a spot there on our online giving to um, give in that way as well. Now, I don't know about you, but to me it seems as if we've had Stephen ministers be a part of Stony Brook Church since the very beginning. And at this point, it's already been less than two years. The, that ministry has been so well integrated into the life of Stony Brook. It is such a vital and important ministry of this church, of our uh, trained lay leaders who are able to support those who are hurting by offering um, a listening ministry. And the Stephen ministers are now opening it up to more Stephen ministers to get trained. And so if you are interested in learning more about this ministry, you can reach out to Linda Elko or Sandy Apicella or Pastor Bob, all three Stephen leaders who can help uh, connect you with the ministry. At this time, I would invite you to turn your hearts and your minds as our prelude helps to prepare us for worship.
turn our hearts to God in a spirit of prayer. Will you join me in our opening prayer? Lord of mystery and community, you have called us here this day to remind us of the mission journey you set before us. Help us to pay attention to the words of Jesus as he sent out his disciples on a mission of healing and compassion. Enable us to truly be your disciples in this world. We pray this in the name of the one who called us to serve. Amen. Will you please rise either in body or in spirit as we sing our opening hymn together. be seated. Let us turn our hearts once again to God in a spirit of prayer. Liberating God on this holiday weekend when we celebrate freedom, we are reminded that not all are free. Many things keep us shackled. Many things keep us from truly connecting to you and to one another. The chains of addiction, anger, jealousy, pride, and ego can have a tight grip. They constrict our view of you. Help us to release these parts of ourselves which block out you, O God. Forgive us for the ways that we forget you, we deny you, and we ignore you. Liberating God, we know that not all who know you can openly worship you. We pray for those who love you but need to be careful in the ways they show it. We thank you for the gift of living in a country where we are free to publicly declare our allegiance to you. We thank you that we get to share you with others. Liberating God, we pray for all of those who suffer, the lonely, the grieving, the imprisoned, we pray for those affected by the building collapse in Florida. We pray for those acutely impacted by the wildfires in the West. We pray for those in our own community, in our own homes, 
who live in pain, who live in fear. You have called us, O God, and you give us the authority to be your healing agents in this world. As we pray for your intervention in the lives of the hurting, we also pray that our eyes be opened to the ways we can partner with you to help and to heal. May we be tangible expressions of your love in this world. We pray all of this in the name of the one who offers us true freedom, Christ Jesus. Amen. Later in worship, we will continue in a prayerful spirit through Holy Communion. If you are worshiping with us online, you are invited to go get your communion elements if you have not already had a chance to do so. Bread or a cracker and juice or water will do just fine. Now let us turn our attention to our special musicians to lead us in worship. happened to that right <laughs> thank you for sharing your gift of music with us this day we continue on in our sermon series of travelers on a journey companions on a journey uh, we are in the gospel of, of mark um, the text comes to us this day from the sixth chapter verses 1 through 13 i invite us to hear these words Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, 
except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went out among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Friends, this is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this morning. Amen. Years ago, a giant statue of Christ was erected high in the Andes Mountains on the border between Argentina and Chile. Called Christ of the Andes, the, the statue symbolized a pledge between the two countries that there will be peace between Chile and Argentina as long as the statue stands. Shortly after the statue was erected, the Chileans began to protest, protest that they had been slighted. The figure had its back turned to Chile. <laughs> And just when tempers were at their highest in Chile, a Chilean newsperson saved the day in an editorial that not only satisfied the people but made them laugh. He simply said, the people of Argentina obviously need more watching over than the people of Chile. <laughs> of course, sometimes it's just all a matter of perspective. Still, yet another way to understand the statue's placement would be to see Christ walking with them or leading them, providing the Chileans an example to follow. In this morning's text, there is no other way to say it but that Jesus faced rejection in the synagogue by those who were supposed to know him best. Those who knew the scriptures and how to apply them came up short. They rejected Jesus. He was not welcome in their midst. Jesus must have been so disappointed. They knew his parents. They knew his brothers and sisters. They knew where Jesus came from, and they assumed that they knew where he was going. Jesus began to open up the scriptures with those who were gathered there that day. And we discover that they did not know him at all. They took offense to what he was saying and, and questioned his credentials. They turned their back on Jesus. Jesus, however, didn't let that experience stop him. Having faced rejection and a poor reception, Jesus left the synagogue and went out into the villages to teach and, and to proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus knew that the, his disciples would at times face the same kind of rejection. He knew that they would grow weary and come to doubt in their own abilities and wonder why they had agreed to follow Jesus in the first place. 
Jesus knew that the journey and the task ahead of them would, would put them to the test as they faced those who didn't know them or disagreed with them. And yet, this rejection did not stop Jesus from reaching out and moving forward. You see, Jesus had, had a glimpse of a, a bigger picture. And Jesus was truly an example for them to follow. Now, Jesus knew that, that an essential part of what it meant to accept others was being acceptable himself. So Jesus called his disciples to travel lightly. Now, I don't think Jesus was advocating for, for the disciples to give up everything on their journey as one might expect, like an episode of Naked and Afraid, right, where, where contestants are challenged to strip off all their clothes and, and possessions and survive out in the wilderness for 21 days. I don't think that is what Jesus was calling his disciples to do. Instead, Jesus was leading them into something different. Jesus was leading them in another way. In his instructions to his disciples, Jesus was challenging them to risk relying not upon themselves and their gifts and their abilities, but upon the hospitality of others. And there is, there's a part of me that, that wonders if Jesus was encouraging them not just to leave the physical and the material behind, those things that take up space in our lives, but also to leave behind the, those, those beliefs and those attitudes and, and those fears and doubts that, that kept, them, kept holding them back, that held them back from loving and accepting and welcoming others. What if that is the list that really matters? Jesus knew at times that the disciples would be more concerned about how they would be welcomed rather than be about the task of receiving and accepting others. Jesus knew that when the disciples traveled into the unknown and, and the unfamiliar things and situations would prevent them from witnessing and experiencing life, Jesus wanted his disciples to know that he was with them. Now, we often overpack. <laughs> we often overpack, especially when we travel into the unknown and the unfamiliar. I was reminded of that when, as we moved and unpacked this past week. <laughs> Some of us, myself included, even overplan and, and equip ourselves for every possible contingency and, and every what-if situation that our sense of adventure sometimes can turn to toil and to worry. Now, we, we can be prepared without going overboard, I guess. But we often forget that we, too, carry around the same extra baggage, our prejudice, our assumptions, our, our preconceived notions about others, and often our own previous experiences that, that lead us, that lead us sometimes to fail to welcome others or be welcomed by others. We shy away from the unfamiliar, the different, and, and the unknown. We don't open ourselves up to new relationships and experiences. And it's most, most of the time that these relationships and experiences help us to learn more about ourselves, our faith, and can even lead us to experience life in all of its fullness. Now Jesus goes a bit further and instructs his disciples how to handle rejection. He tells them to, to shake off the dust from their sandals and, and to move on. And a, a dangerous way to picture this scene is, is to see Simon, Peter, or James taking off a sandal and, and shaking it in someone's face. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's precisely what Jesus had in mind. <laughs> Jesus is not calling us or, or others to reject those who have rejected us. 
Let me say that again. Jesus is not calling us to reject those who have rejected us. We live in a divided society to say the least. And if every time that we bumped into someone we disagreed with, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, a church member, and we just shook some dust in their face and moved on, what would the world look like? There are so many clouds of dust already swirling all around us. Conversations with folks with whom we disagree are difficult and and never easy, but they're essential. As a society, we are likely at at the point where we will not convince someone else that we are right and they are wrong. But as the church, as followers of Christ, we we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to remind others that no matter what, we are all loved by God. I don't think we need to walk away from those hard conversations. Those conversations are, are essential And it is okay to agree to disagree. But what is most important to God is not that we are theologically or politically perfect. What is most important to God is that we are able to look at each other, to look into the eyes of another and say, I am a person created and loved by God and you are a person created and loved by God. My life matters. Your life matters. Our lives matter together. We both deserve the same love, care, respect, dignity, treatment, and justice. You see, the homes where the disciples visited were not judged by whether or not they agreed with the disciples. They were judged by how they welcomed the disciples. How they lived into God's call of welcoming the stranger. What if the text tells us, what if if Jesus' words are simply a command to leave the experience of rejection behind without allowing the pain and the hurt and, and the lack of acceptance to overwhelm us? In the volunteers in mission training that I have led occasionally for our conference, we review a set of ten commandments when it comes to serving with others and building relationships. These apply to our daily lives as well. Some of you may have been through this training and have heard these before, but they, some of them are worth repeating this morning. And bear with me, it's in King James English. <laughs> one of the ten says this, Thou shalt not judge the people of a country by the one individual with whom thou hast had trouble. Another says this, remember to take only half the clothes thou expectest to need and twice the amount of money. (laughs) What thou hast is generally far better than, than what those with whom thou wilt live and work. Another says this, thou shall not worry. They that worry have no pleasure. Few things are ever fatal. Thy team leader, the hosts, and the Lord will care for thee. And one more. Thou shalt not expect to find things as thou hast them at home, for thou hast left thy home to find things different. Flexibility is always the key. Hopefully some of these commandments will be helpful as as some of you pack and make final preparations for ASP. You see, Jesus was not inviting His disciples to, to take a trip nor a vacation, but rather a journey. They set out not necessarily to bring God to others, 
but to recognize the God or the faith that was already present in the persons with whom they were sent. They were inviting those whom they met into a deeper relationship with God and with God's kingdom. Friends, in life, it sometimes seems as if we are wandering in circles. Often we feel lost, we we feel rejection and long to be accepted. We want to ask God, are we there yet? (laughs) Or how much longer? And today we add to the backseat questions and comments, but we have never been this way before. (laughs) You see, God through Christ shows us another way. And at such times, it helps to remember that the journey, not the destination, is essential to God. You see, God walks beside us and has given us an example to follow. So I ask this day, what is it? What is it that we will leave behind What will we leave behind this day right here, right now, so that you and I can more fully be God's witnesses of love and grace and peace in this world? May it be so. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. And as United Methodists, we celebrate an open table, meaning you're invited to share in this holy sacrament, whether or not you're a member of this or of any congregation. I invite us now to turn in our bulletin as we join together in the prayer of the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all of the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy holy Lord. Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. He was despised and rejected by his own people. He was without honor in his own home. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. 
Pour out your Holy Spirit on each of us gathered here and upon the families that we represent, and pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us a body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. For your grace is sufficient for us, even in our weakness. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry until it, to all your world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet together through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, we are bold to pray together as Jesus taught us. Our Father, Father who, who art, art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread in which we break and share is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, these are God's gifts for all of God's children. The body and blood of Christ given for you. I invite us to partake. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Walking always in your grace, grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you, if you're able, to stand in body or in spirit as we sing together our closing hymn. We have a story to tell to the nations.
As we enter our time of offering, we're reminded that it is our uh, responsibility and privilege to give back to God a portion of what God has entrusted to our care for the life and ministry of this congregation. An important um, outreach that will be taking place uh, in, a, in a week from today, we'll have a team leaving for the Appalachia Service Project, ASP, which I know is a treasure of this congregation. I want to invite Jason Sheldon forward uh, for a time uh, of blessing. Um, there is a gift that uh, Stony Brook is giving to um, those who will be serving on our behalf. And also I'm inviting you to participate in a way. Um, Following the worship service, um, you will be invited to um, pick up a dot. Um, it is a, a, a prayer dot, and you're invited to put the dot either on your watch or your cell phone. And every time that you see that dot, you're invited to say a prayer uh, for those who are serving on our behalf. And if you're anything like me, it will be multiple prayers uh, daily because I look at my phone quite a bit. Um, and those serving will also have a dot and be reminded that we are praying for them as they are serving. Um, the team will be leaving um, about 8 o'clock, I think next uh, Sunday morning, and be serving until the 17th. And then uh, they're going to be at Jonesville, Virginia, and certainly our thoughts and prayers uh, go with them. Also, we currently have a member of the congregation, Stephen Shoup, who is serving um, on staff at ASP, and certainly our thoughts and prayers are with him this day. So Jason, you want to tell us a little bit about the bandanas? Yes, thank you so much. Um, so this summer is Stony Brook's 45th year participating wow. with ASP, so uh, I first want to thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for being a congregation that is so supporting uh, with your prayers, with your finances to help this, help make this possible for, for so much of our youth. Uh, I don't think we have any of this year's participants, um, but uh, for me, this is my, my I'm going to say 15th year going on ASP. Uh, and one of the traditions of our church is to pass out bandanas. Uh, it gets hot, we do work, and we get sweaty, so we need something to keep the sweat out of our eyes. So. Uh, for all the participants, we pass out these bandanas. They have the name of our church on them. Uh, so that as we are out serving, that we can remember that we represent the church. We also represent Jesus Christ, that we can be his hands and feet in Appalachia. Super. Thank you, Jason. So the ushers will help um, Jason uh, hand those out after worship, and you're invited uh, to put a prayer dot on your watch or your cell phone. I want to offer a word of prayer, one of my favorite prayers uh, from um, uh, the prayer of St. Francis as a blessing um, and as, as those who go forth to serve on our behalf. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, make them instruments of your peace. Where there's hatred, let them sow love. Where there is injury, let them bring pardon. Where there is doubt, let them be faith. Where there is despair, let them bring hope. Where there is darkness, let, us, let them shine your light. Where there is sadness, let them bring your comfort and your joy. Oh, holy God, teach us and, and teach the team that, that there are times in our lives where we should not so much seek to be consoled, but to console others. That there are times where we should not so much seek to be understood, but to take the time and energy to listen and to understand others. Even, O oh God, teach us and them that it, there are times in our lives where we may not so much seek to be loved, but to love others. For you teach us, and you show us again and again by your example that it is in giving that we receive, that it is in forgiving another that we are forgiven, and that it is in our dying that each one of us are born to eternal life. Oh God, we ask that you bless this team and bless the leadership, bless those who are already serving. Remind us of your call that you place upon our lives. We offer all of this through the one who lives and serves with us, Jesus Christ. Amen. And friends, receive this blessing. May, may the love and peace of God which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Let us go in God's peace. Amen.